Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. This, again, is where I usually say with Chris Whittingham, but again, no Chris Whittingham tonight. He's not here with us. And so to replace him, I brought in five people. So we're going to talk about something that we've been talking about on our DM string recently. And obviously, the Marlins have gotten a ton of attention for what they've done, releasing their new colors, their new logo, uh, hopefully, in the winter meetings, they'll they'll introduce some new players also. But one of the things we've talked about a lot on the DM string, has, which is something that, if you're not familiar with it, it's about 40 hosts in our network all day long, basically just arguing about stuff while we're sitting at drive through lines. And so what we got into on there was whether or not the Marlins' marketing strategy has tilted too much to one direction. So clearly, the Marlins are trying to engage the Latin community in this market. Obviously, diversity is important to our network. If you're not familiar with it, we have not only a Spanish slash English podcast, Cinco Razones, but we, and I, I don't think I did that very well, but we also have, <laughs> a, we also have a black culture sports politics podcast called Light Skinned Opinions. And we sort of run the gamut all across sort of the ethnic and racial spectrum in our network. And that's one of the reasons I think that we're going to have success because I think we represent a lot of different backgrounds, but it also means we argue about a lot of stuff. So what I've done today is I've assembled an all-star team, Andre Fernandez, who you're probably familiar with for his work for the Miami Herald. He's now with the athletic Miami. We're actually, uh, we've been doing a lot of episodes with people from the athletic just had on David Aldridge last week. Also have had Manny Navarro, Chris Perkins and others. And Andre now covers the Marlins, but also other teams for the Athletic and had a really interesting piece in the Athletic today. So that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring him on. We've also got three of the hosts from, as I'm going to say it again, Cinco Razones. Um, my wife would be very upset at me. She's Colombian for my pronunciation. <laughs> my daughter would be upset at me too. We've got three of the hosts. We've got Alejandro, we've got Leandro, and we've got Ricardo. You can follow them at Cinco Razones Pod on Twitter also on Instagram, I think Alejandro is the best photographer in our entire network. So make sure to follow them. So we've got three guys from there. And then we've got Alphonse Sidney. Now, you know him from two different podcasts, Miami Heat Beat, where he's been for several years, but also now as one of the hosts of Light Skin Opinion. So I'm going to try to direct traffic here, but I'm going to Ethan, wait a second. I think you should call me Alfonso for this episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just goes like to Leandro, Alejandro, Alfonso. It just, it just all is fit. E- Ethan, like Ethan Zoe. I don't think so. Or I, <laughs> Andre Zoe. Yeah, all right, so we'll go with Alfonso for this episode, but I'm not starting with you. And here are the rules on this. I'm going to try to go around and let everybody talk. If you haven't listened to Cinco Rosonas, there's a little more talking over each other than Whittingham and I do on this pod. <laughs> We're going to encourage that for this particular episode, but we're all a little bit afraid if I don't mute Alf on a fairly continuous basis that nobody else is going to get a chance to talk anyway. So Alfonso. we're going to – Alfonso, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's, let's go first to Andre, and I just want you to sort of introduce the scope of your piece today so, so <laughs> listeners can get a handle on it. 
But thanks, Ethan. Yeah, basically, you know, what I've covered was basically the fact that the Marlins overall, this isn't just uh, revealing a new logo, revealing new uniforms. This franchise right now, I mean, as people have seen, they're trying, they've, they've plastered the city with this, with just this new look, you know, on signs, billboards, trying to reach out to the community. They went out there on Friday after they, the day after they released the logo and tried to really become a more personable franchise with the fans. They started, you know, going to different restaurants around town, going to different events. They went to police departments, they went to fire stations. They made this all out push with players, with, you know, members of the front office to really get, not just like sit down and give people a hat, but really to kind of tell them, look, we want this to be about you guys, about the fans. We understand that it's never really, it hasn't really been a good relationship for a long, long time between them. And they want, and we, and they're telling them that they want to improve that. Obviously, you know, the part that I covered too is in the end, we know how Miami fans are in, in many, in most cases, they're going to care strictly about the team's success on the field. And, you know, it's understandable. They want to see my, the Marlins turn into a winner. A lot of them still don't believe that that's possible. A lot of them still think that this group isn't any better than the Loria group. So they're fighting that uphill battle. But uh, off the field, I haven't seen this kind of uh, push. I mean, I, granted, I haven't covered the Marlins since they started. But I've watched them since they started when I was a teenager. And I don't remember really seeing a lot of this, maybe in spots here and there. But to this extent, I don't see, I haven't seen a group really take this and really run with it this way and really, obviously we live in an era where a lot more information can get out on social media and that sort of thing, but it's pretty impressive the way that they've really made this an effort off the field to really try to win the fan base, you know, and I, I don't want to even say win the fan base back because a lot of cases we've seen, not a lot of people are going to Marlins games anyway, but I think they want to change that, just attract new fans. They're going, they went out today to Tropical Park to donate money to to re, you know to re, to refurbish the fields out there, but you know where they where a lot of the youth baseball teams play in the community. So they're trying to get to kids now, trying to make them Marlins fans since they're little. So all of that basically is you know not to go on and on, but that's basically what what just I tried to document some of what it was. It wasn't just you know hey look we have a new cap, we have a new logo, we have a new uniform, new color scheme. It's what that's about. <laughs> trying to identify with the community, trying to make an effort to identify with Miami more. Yeah, and the one point I want to make on this is that whoever they're targeting, the fact that they're targeting someone, as you're getting at, Andre, is better than what they were doing before because before they weren't targeting anybody. And like you right. mentioned, I think from a marketing perspective, they've just been – that the previous regime was so far behind the times, and anytime they did something in marketing, they screwed it up, right? Like, so, you know, again yeah. – we're going to have Jewish appreciation night. We're going to have it for Mike Jacobs. The only problem is he's not Jewish. Um, and they didn't check that out. Like it was, it was, right. it, it was There's that, kind of, it, yeah. it was always something. It was that kind of mistake over and over. So the fact that they're targeting anybody at all is good. And, and I think they, they've gotten a lot of attention in part because as we've talked about in the network, like the other teams are not very good right now. So, I mean, there's an opening, you know, where, mm. you know, and, and I mean, the most exciting thing that's happened to the heat since Dwayne signed is the vice jerseys. So you can't even the Heat can't even look down on the Marlins now for this because I mean they're basically playing off the same kind of marketing gimmicks and tricks that that the Marlins are. But the one thing I want to get to and I want to get to the Cinco guys on this now because not only are they making a, a you know a concerted marketing push, but they're clearly making a push to one particular community. And as you know, you guys are credentialed with the Marlins, you've covered the Marlins, you've been around them. How much more of an effort has there been to get to the Latino community than there was previously? I would say it's not only 
to the Latin community, but I will be more specific. I'll say it's more towards the Cuban community. And why do I say this? Because when you talk about the, uh, the Latin community, you're not talking about uh, just uh, people from one country. You're talking about people like uh, from five, six, or seven different countries. You have Colombia, Venezuela, you have Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, you have Mexicans here. You have people from a lot of places. And I think if you notice, if you see the, all the drawings and all the stuff they did on social media and all that, it's going or attacking or trying to get that Cuban community, I think. And especially because of the location of the stadium, I think that takes, um, that's important for them, obviously. It's hard. Uh, we have a lot of people living literally right by the stadium and none of them go to the park. Why? Uh, I think it's not fun. I mean, I've been to different stadiums around the, the U.S. and it's definitely not fun like it is in other parks in the U.S. It's definitely not fun like it is in the Dominican Republic, like it is in Mexico, like it is in Venezuela, like it is in Cuba uh, also, uh, where you have actually like a, you have like a party going on at the same time. Uh, we saw it in the World Baseball Classic with the Dominicans against the U.S. That, that gives you a little idea. We saw it in the Serie of Las Americas that uh, Dominican and Venezuelan teams played here. And we had, uh, I don't know, 10,000 people there. And it sounded like they were... 30,000 there uh, on the day that Jose Fernandez pitched, you know? So what I'm saying is that uh, the Marlins are not only targeting Latin as a general group, but I would say targeting uh, Cubans. Obviously, uh, we have uh, two very important players like uh, Ureña, which, who is Dominican, going out, like Pablo Lopez, who is Venezuelan, going out. They're, they're obviously there for a reason. That's not uh, just uh, random. But I think their main their main objective here with that part of the marketing plan is trying to engage with that Cuban community. And I heard uh, Andre talking about Tropical Park and, and talking about youth and uh, all those young players. And, and I would say it's not only those young players, but I play softball there. I play Ethan, the Ethan, 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 hold on. Let me step in here because as we say, Alejandro right now is set to run. He's, he's really like just going on and on. And he, he is really making a point. Of, I think the Marlins obviously are focusing on the Latin community, but I'm not sure if they're focusing completely onto just the Cuban side. And if they are doing that, and I think it's a mistake because they have to go through a broader size Latin community, which is going to eventually fill the parts. But it, it's not all about just, oh, let's go out to Calle Ocho and have some cafecito a Versailles. Uh, and, and let's meet these people and give them a hat. I think at some point, the team, which is going in the right direction now to change the schemes that Loria left in logos and colors for the team, I believe now that just they have their new branding. They have to step in and bring other players that not necessarily are Latin because that would help also to bring the people from Broward who aren't always the bigger size Latin communities, but also the, the, the Americans that have been here for quite so longer that live a little more up north from Miami. Leandro, going to Marlins Park is not fun. That's it. You don't want to well, go. I but, mean, but going, I to my, going to the Miami Heat, it, it's a fun experience. Yeah. Even, I don't know, the, the Heat can lose by 20, but you still have fun. You go and yes, have fun. I, I think that's what they're trying to and think. Then go home. I think that's what they're trying to fix. And if you see the, the new colors, you, you feel like a little more, uh, I don't know, you got a sense of a happier ambient at the park, which I think that's what they're trying to do with like something with Comunidad 305, which is a new place that you could go and hang out in the off field. I think that's what they're trying to do with the new social places that they're, 
that they want to implement in the park, like the standing room section where the structure used to be and the, the more sophisticated standing room uh, plays, which is going to be behind the foul, or the foul pole in right field, mm-hmm. which engages more on the, the younger uh, fans that want to go to the ballpark. Yeah, no, I mean, one point I want to make too, because you know, we shouldn't just sort of monogamize everybody here, you know, and say everybody is the same. You know, I've learned that, you know, being married to a Colombian, like not every, not every, not everybody from Latin America is the same. And, and not, yeah, we're all very different. All, all very different. Very, very different. I want to make that clear. And, and you guys, I mean, just to get in the background here, you know, have Venezuelan background. Uh, and so, you know, I just want to make that clear at the beginning that we're, we are not talking about a monolithic group. There's no question about that. I know, um, Ricardo, you wanted to get in here? Yeah, I wanted to say that I, I don't like that approach. I mean, you're not going to, to fill the stadium with Cayocho people. You're not going to fill the stadium with only Latin people. You can see the, the Miami Heat, you can see the Miami Dolphins, even the Hurricanes. I mean, uh, let's be honest, the, the, the money is not in the Latin community. And in order to be in the stadium in a day-to-day basis, you have to have money. And I mean, I'm Latin. I, I don't like this approach like the Latin focus from the market. So I don't know, many a little bit uncomfortable this, this situation from the mind. I don't know. Keep clear that Ricardo doesn't <laughs> like anything at all. So you have to keep that clear, okay? Leandro loved the new logo and he, he spent like five hundred dollars already. So I, I, I haven't spent a single cent but I do like the new logo. I like the new approach. The uniforms I think are probably the freshest one in the whole on the whole league. So I think the Marlins are doing the right thing by Changing everything up that reminds fans of Jeffrey Loria. That's what they mainly. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. But I, I think at the end you have to give the fan a really cool experience. You have to give give the fan a reason to go back and back. I don't know once a week and like okay, let's go to Marlins Park. Not 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 to watch the Marlins or not to watch a team that comes visit the Marlins, but like as a tourist. I mean, you have Miami. You're like the the gate of the United States for an entire community, for the Latin community, like you should have a, a lot of more tourists going to the, to well, Marlins. You, you got to realize that when you come to Miami, there's plenty of things to do. And I know, but if you, if you go, if you go to the American Airlines Arena, you'll see Brazilians, you, you're, you'll see Europeans, you'll see people from other places that come to Miami. And one of the fun things to do in Miami it's going to watch. Guys, guys, can you let people talk, please? Can you let <laughs> yeah. people talk? Well, Alfonso, Alfonso, we want to hear you. Alfonso and Andres. <laughs> oh. Andres and Alfonso, please. <laughs> Am I still here? Oh, here's yeah, yeah, you're, 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 still, you're still here. Alf, oh, Jesus. Alf, Alf, you jump in and get to Andre right after that. Okay, I guess, like, uh, it's funny to hear the Hispanics and Latin, or different Latin cultures say, Sort of what I've been saying was as soon as this, as soon as this marketing, uh, this whole marketing push came out, I understand if you're in Miami, you want to make a push to the Cuban community, to the Latin community, but you're, I can't remember who said it. Somebody said earlier, you're not going to fill that park with only Cubans or only Latin Americans or only Hispanics. You have to appeal to the entire Miami fan base. And I think what happens a lot of times is that when people think of Miami, they're at a Dolphins game and they skip over half of Miami-Dade County to go to South Beach and yeah. <laughs> they play Latin music and they, or they go to Cayocho and they forget that there's an entire population of black, white, all different kinds of people that live in Miami. So when your initial push and your marketing and the videos that you come out with, like I counted, there were two 
darker people in the that first <laughs> video they put out. And I don't even know if they, they could have been Dominican. I have no idea. Um, but, but like, you know, there's, there's Haitians, there's Jamaicans, there's Dominicans, there's Trinidadians. There's all, Miami is such a melting pot of different people. That's true. And That's true. But get, I, don't know, I don't know if Jamaicans or Haitians like baseball. But listen, I'm Haitian and I like baseball. My no, dad is Haitian. My, the reason I watched the Marlins is because my dad took me to baseball games. Yeah. My dad true. is a Haitian. Okay. And okay. the thing is, you will never know if you can get blacks and, and, and Haitians and Jamaicans and black Americans you into your them. stadium if you don't even make a push or you don't even market towards them at all. And, there's a, there, and, and this is something that, and I've had the discussion on my timeline, within the African-American community, within the Haitian-American community, there is a feeling of sometimes being alienated in Miami through representation like that we don't exist. That the, the black Americans, the Haitian Americans, the Jamaican Americans, we don't exist. We're not catered to. We're not marketed to. I mean, if you look at Miami Heat promo videos when they're going around Miami, they go through Little Haiti. They go to, through Overtown. They go through Little Havana. They go everywhere. For the Marlins to come out with, it, with an entire marketing program that completely disenfranchises, alienates, a large segment of the population, I think, is a mistake. And also, the Marlins can't afford to be alienating anybody. Let me make a point here because I oh. think the reason the Marlins, and before we get to Andre, the thing, the reason the Marlins are going that route is because of the nature of the sport, which is baseball and is mostly uh, American pastime in our cultures, you know. And, and, I, and I understand your point that they have to get to everybody because that's the only way eventually they'll fill up the stadium and i think that the way they'll do that is by bringing players uh american players or, or black players that will create the fan base and they'll be big enough that them themselves regards regarding whatever the other the team is doing in the branding side or the marketing side those players themselves will bring the americans into the stadium and the blacks to the stadiums and eventually that melting pot i hope the marlins do get something like the heat and as well you just mentioned, that they go to Little Haiti, they go to uh, Little Havana, they go to uh, different places that includes everybody. Andre, any thoughts on kind of uh, this general discussion since you covered it sort of broadly today? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm like trying to remember all three things that I've, that I've got the, on this, but I'll, I guess I'll start with the players. Look, the thing is they have to be you have to be careful about that too because, look, a question I saw a lot when they signed the Mesa brothers the other day was, did they get them just because they're Cubans? You know, is it just because of the part of the appeal to all that? And, they, and you know, it, it better be because they're pretty good players. You know, I don't care if they're Cuban, Venezuelan, Haitian, American, whoever. It is, they have to get the best baseball players on the field that are going to make this a winning team or else. But I, think, I think it helps a little bit that they're Cuban, right? It does. But I see it as a perk. I see it like if, it's a, if he's a Cuban player that's good, that like you said, that's going to – or like, you know, that's going to draw players. If it's a Dominican player, if it's a – you know, uh, if it's a black player, whoever it is, that's a perk. I think they have to get the best baseball players. And then in, in general, though, I mean, I agree with you guys. They're walking – I think they've, they've done this because maybe they've identified as a target audience because it's a, it's a big part of, of the population of Miami. And like I said, you know, baseball fans and that sort of thing. But they have to be careful walking the fine line with, you know, in the long term not just appealing or not, like you said, not making it look like it's only directed at Hispanics because I've already seen a lot of people, you know, on social media say, well, Hey, what about us? You know, how come they're only doing well, it? And, and it's a, and it's a fair point. And we yeah. asked Chip Powers about that the other day. And he, 
of course, he said the right things. He said, we want to be all inclusive. We want to, you know, but they have to demonstrate that as well, not just in, in things that they do in the long run. If this is just a starting point because they wanted to go after this first, okay, but in the long run, it has to be about everybody. And then real so quick, going, can, going back to the ballpark, we, if, it, if right. it was, you know, you, you know, I heard you say that it was, the, that it hasn't been a fun experience, but I keep, being, you know, what they've done, what they've revealed already is something that I think is going to help change that. And they're not done. I mean, they're, they keep saying that, you know, you're not going to recognize the park next year. They have more renovations planned that hopefully will remedy this. But in the end, look, as fun as it's going to look, you know, I don't, I don't care how much of an entertainment center you build. If there's still 5,000 fans out there, then, not, you know, it's not changing much. So in time, both things are going to have to come together to improve the team on and off the field for it to really generate the atmosphere you guys were talking about, like, a, you know, similar to a, a WBC game or, or similar to a playoff game or the All-Star game, something like that. But the Marlins could only do so much, Andre. The fans, at some point, they're going to have to uh, go out there and they're going to have to uh, be fans of these things like they used to be. It can't just be like the Marlins doing everything by themselves. Of course, they got to put no. the, the, the entertainment right. out there, but the fans have to go and and, right. and approve of this team at some point. Well, and that's going to take time. I mean, that's the whole thing. There, you know, There's a lot of people that for a long time you know, either gave up on this team or got mad at this team to the point where they don't care anymore. They've become... In the grand scheme of things, a lot of people down here, they're an afterthought. They don't get thought of in the same regards as the Heat and the Dolphins and the Canes and everybody else. And that's going to take time. A lot of that is the hard feelings because of the fire sales and the constant broken promises and all of that. So that only time is going to heal that little by little. And, that, and that's where, you know, this group has to prove by so far. I've, I've, I've liked overall what they've been doing for a year now, but it's got to continue and they've got to keep doing that. And they're, and they're aware of that. They have to keep pushing ahead and only time's going to tell they're not going to they're not going to sell it overnight and they're not going to do this you know by tomorrow this is a this is an ongoing process we'll get back to our conversation in a second but first want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network and that is miss-inc.com that's m-i-s-s-i-n-k.com misty is a social media problem solver she's been in social media marketing and content writing for more than 10 years here in South Florida. That's how we know her. She believes in a customized personal approach to marketing. So she only represents businesses like ours that are serious about taking their visibility to the next level. She's been working with us a lot on Instagram. Make sure that you check out our Instagram account at five reason sports. That's the number five and all of the other Instagram accounts in our network. She doesn't believe in cookie cutter strategies or unboxing your business in with others in your industry. Check her out at miss-inc.com. That's miss-inc.com. And one other thing, if you take out an ad package with five reasons sports that can be on any of the podcasts in our network, you'll get a free 30 minute phone consultation with Misty so she can help set up your social media. I know a lot of companies, they say they want to do it, but they don't really do it. She can help you get started. So check it out miss-shink.com and another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network it is betdsi.com make sure that you use our promo code it's reason 101 that's reason r-e-a-s-o-n 101 you'll get your initial deposit matched up to twenty five hundred dollars what's going on there chris yeah, really excited, Ethan, about conference championship weekend going on this weekend in college football. It will go a long way in determining who will end up in the college football playoff. You have in the ACC, Clemson, 26.5-point favorites over Pitt, Alabama, 
13-point favorites over Georgia. UCF, uh, after losing their quarterback, which was devastating, by the way. I haven't really talked about that on the podcast much. UCF, three-point favorites over Memphis, even with their backup quarterback. Ohio State, 14-point favorites over Northwestern. And Oklahoma, 7.5-point favorites over Texas. Should they win that game, will probably end up in the CFP as well. And then with the Dolphins, they are actually favored this week. They're 5.5-point favorites over the Buffalo Bills at home after losing to the Colts. So a lot to bet on over at BetDSI.com. Again, use the promo code REASON101 to get your deposit matched. Yeah, I want to jump in with one thing here because I thought Alf brought up a couple of good points, uh, and this is something that came up on our string. This is not just a – and again, I don't want to make it this monolithic as far as the Latin community because it's clearly not. And, and I do think they're catering more specifically to the Cuban community than to the, the Latin community at large. But the other part of this is you don't want this to become Broward versus Dade also. And, and I know that the team is based in Dade. I get that. But if you're not doing – and I know they, they, you know they went around to Broward the other day and all that – but you don't want to alienate that base because I can tell you a lot of the Heat's base comes from Broward. And Alf, you live up in Coral Springs. I mean, and you'll go down to a Heat game from time to time. Like, there's, well, a, there's yeah, a big audience that comes from Boca, too. I mean, that, that, you talk about people with money. You're talking Parkland. You're talking Boca. You're talking Weston. Uh, you don't want a situation where people from there are saying, ah, this is a Dade County team. I, you don't want to brand just that well, way. And Ethan, that's my thing. And uh, what I kept getting is, oh, well, look at where the stadium is. What professional franchise markets to a five-mile radius of their stadium? It's stupid. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good business plan. You don't fill up uh, American Airlines Arena with only uh, with only Hispanic fans. That arena is a melting pot of South Florida. And also, and that's a big thing that you brought up, Ethan. It's about South Florida. It's not about just Little Havana or where where the stadium is. No, you have to. There's not enough of a concentration of people anywhere in South Florida to support a stadium. You have to bring people from all over, right? And the thing is, I don't care what kind of demographic study the Marlins did. They're wrong. The biggest thing is, like we said, okay, well, this is just the beginning. You don't start out targeting only one group and then spread out. You start, uh, out with a, with, you start with a universal message and then you narrow it. Because so right if, now, if, the if they Marlins, if, if the Marlins market in Broward, if the Marlins uh, market outside of their five mile radius, as you would describe, do you think the people from Broward are going to come? Because when the listen, Marlins li listen, 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 back then, people from Dade rarely went up, and 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 maybe they went up. I don't know the weekends because they had the chance to go. Well, but okay, the listen. There, people are going the same type of contrast. People going to American Airlines Arena from all over South Florida, coming down from Boca Del Rey, <laughs> Boyan, everywhere. Yes, but, so that's but one. American no, no, is uh, situated in a, in a more uh, central place. Which not really, man. It's not easy. <laughs> it, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm coming from Fort Lauderdale. It ain't an easy place to get to. That's one. Secondly, when we talk about the Marlins, and we talk about when have they ever had. Um, when have they had um, a large, large uh, attendance pushes? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. It was when they were good, and that was, and I've been to those games. I've been to those playoff games. I was at Al Leiter's no-hitter. I've been to a lot of Marlins games, and it wasn't like it was just Hispanics or a Latin, a Latin American fan base. It was everybody. And the only other times I've seen that the tennis needle move is with a black pitcher and a Cuban pitcher. So you can't tell me. When it was Dontrell Willis, it wasn't the Cuban co- just the Cuban community coming out to watch Dontrell. There were black people down in South Florida interested in this team, either either when they're good or when they have a, a marquee African American player. And For that's years, why they had they had earlier. That's why I mentioned. But they had John Carlos Stanton. The Marlins. They had John Carlos Stanton, who was a half black. They had D Gordon. They're gonna have to mm-hmm. draft these black players, and they're gonna have to. Uh, but no, but draft see, the American players that are gonna bring those people to to the state. At the end of the day, D Gordon, an all star. Yeah, exactly. They're, but they're and, and did they ever? Mar- I mean, they never marketed those guys well. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think I agree with Leandro when he said you have to look back to the fans at some point because, uh, I mean, I got to Miami in 2015, so I, I'm I haven't been here before that. But since I got here, the team that I found here was a really good team. You had D. Gordon, you have Christian Gelich, you had Stanton, you have Ozuna, you had Jose Fernandez, you have Prado. So you have people from all the different races, from, from all the different countries. Uh, we had a team that was close to the wildcard race and I, st- I, I still saw like 10,000 people there in Miami, so in Marlins Park. So but, but you have to look back and say, why are these people Alejandro. not coming to the game? I don't agree. I think the Marlins had to do everything right now because of the history of the franchise. I mean, once they start winning constantly, then the fans can go. But right now, with the marketing that we, we are discussing, we, uh, they have to do everything, man. They, they, they can ask for, for nothing. All those, all those guys you've named, all those guys you named are gone, and that's why people don't go to the stadium. No, because but the stadium was not full when they were here, and the team was fighting okay, but, so for the, a wild card But here's game. the thing, because nobody believes that they'll keep – everyone knows as soon as somebody gets halfway decent, they're going to get rid of them. Now, yeah. does, maybe does Jeter deserve the benefit of the doubt? Probably. But this fan base has been scarred. So the way to reach out to them is not by alienating a large part of the community. That's my biggest point. You, right. They should have come out gun-blazing – I mean, marketing and appealing to every segment of this population. They should no, be in Palm Beach, Broward, Dade. They should be down in Key West. They should be waving Cuban, Jamaican, American, Haitian flags, everything. Mar- marketing to one group of people right now in the position the Marlins are in is a colossal mistake. Because I can tell you right now, there are African-American, there are Haitian-American, there are Jamaican-American, there are white people who are angry at this campaign. And you, we can pretend it's not happening. And we can we can we can say it's not it doesn't exist, but it's out there. People are mad. Listen, there's a lot there's a lot of people in Miami that are tired of being looked over, so that people can market to Cubans only. And the Mar- and the Marlins put their foot in it. Not even their foot. They went waist deep in it. And now people are pissed. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's a natural thing. 
want to, I want to, I want to, I want to ask something to expand on that um, too, because you guys have mentioned Jose Fernandez a few times, right? So yeah. in, in that particular case, and look, they, there was, you know, I remember Alex Fernandez. Okay. And I mean, he was part of a, of a championship team. Okay. So I, I remember it was Alex. Bad, though. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> he was fat, but yes, yeah. yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Well, I mean, he struck me out on three pitches in high school, so I don't want to get into right. that uh, too deeply, but, uh, but I mean, they had Jose Fernandez who was, I mean, not just a good Cuban pitcher, but like the best pitcher in the entire league. And when you really look at the numbers, everybody talks about, oh, that it was it was packed when Jose was pitching. Not really. It was not. It was it, not. It, 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 it was not. And so that that's the other thing. I, I mean, to me, this idea of appealing to one fan base. That's kind of. I understand why you start maybe with the, with with the Latin community. Though I get Alf's point about being broader, but it's a little surprising to me that Jeter, who by the way is of mixed race, right? Uh, yeah. But with not Latin, but he's of mixed race, comes down. He also knows, and Jeter should know this very, you know, clearly. I and mean, we had Andre Dawson on the Fish Tank podcast, and the Hawk talked about, you know, the disappearing numbers of African American young baseball players and trying to get them to the park. Cliff Floyd talked about that on our podcast. Two guys are associated with the Marlins. Jeter should know that intimately, uh, obviously, considering his background. And I agree. I mean, they have a, I mean, look, they have Monte Harrison, they've got Lewis Brinson. I mean, they have young prospects who might come up, but, and obviously Brinson was a disappointment this year, but it does surprise me that Jeter looked at the whole situation and said, okay, the one thing we've got to do is appeal to this particular community. It, it just strikes me with his background as being a strange place to start. Well, I, I agree with you guys. I, you, you can't afford to limit with this because, you know, I, I, like you said, maybe it doesn't have it. You want to say maybe if they do all this in Broward, if they start painting murals in Broward, if they start painting murals in Palm Beach Gardens, that it's not going to get the reaction that it's gotten in Miami. So what? I mean, I say try. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put, you gotta put this out there all over the place, and you know, little by little, you'll get more and more of a response. But that's all part of being inclusive. I mean, I you know, that's where I think in the long run, it has to, it has to happen, and they have to in, in different ways, you know, make this all about everybody because then you risk and I. And I've seen that already on social media. Like I said before, I mean, I've seen comments already of people that are like, you know, what the hell? What about, why not about why not a, why not about us when you're trying to win us over because they they feel like it's not about them. Well, I think they're gonna do it eventually. I think they have to do it eventually if they want to fill out that stadium. But I think they're doing the right move to start little by little. I think that's what they're doing. Um, eventually, they're gonna have to go to a broader. Uh, a fan base or a broader market as off mentioned if they want to fill up the stadium but they have to start somewhere and they did the right thing well, to do it the way they did no, it see it, it, here's what here's what here's the problem with getting to people eventually they feel like they're they were look they they're they're afterthoughts so when you when you when you come out and you only when you only target one group and then six months down the line they start showing up in overtown People in Overtown are going to be like, get the F out of here. But, but, you're, you're just coming up. You're just coming to us because your stadium's empty. But, uh, so that's the, that's that's the problem. You can't. I want, to ask you, I want to ask you this. Out of all the groups that we have mentioned, the different ethnic groups that we've mentioned uh, throughout the whole episode, the, the biggest number right now is probably the Latin community. But they, they don't go the, to the stadium, Leandro. Due to the Leandro. nature of the game. Due to they the don't go to the stadium. The I, I know, but, and I understand. I understand. But, but the Marlins, they have to take on 
a smaller, uh, I don't know how to call it. They got to take a smaller uh, taste size. Leandro, le Leandro, le let me put an, uh, an, an on, example. Um, and and we see the, we, we, we see this with Victor Victor Mesa. Uh, Leandro, just a minute, because we see that with Victor Victor Mesa, when they signed the brother, the, the Mesa brothers, the only people that doesn't like this, the, the sign, it was the Cubans. I mean, we, we don't support the team. We, we but, as but a Latin, we don't support the team. We don't fill the stadium. Going for numbers right now, and for all the ethnic schools that we have mentioned right now, they're going for the one that they think they can get to the fastest, and it's probably the Latin people. Due to the same fact that you just mentioned, the only people that don't like the Victor Victor Mesa and the Victor Mesa Jr. signing is the Latin people. So they probably feel like they need to reconciliate with those people first before they can go on to a broader size. And eventually when they start winning, all those people will come and it will be easier to get to them because you have a winning team. Maybe, they, maybe and I'm not trying to be uh, uh, in favor of the Marlins or nothing, but I just feel like maybe they decided to go on a smaller uh, sample size right now and uh, trial and error will get them to be on a broader uh, scale, which is eventually, and I agree with all of you, they have to do it if they want to fill up the Marlins Park. Today's edition of the Five Reasons Podcast is brought to you by AutoNation. AutoNation makes it easy to customize your new or used ride with a huge selection of AutoNation auto gear accessories. AutoNation is your one-stop shop to get your vehicle auto gear equipped with the top brands. Schedule your auto gear session today at an AutoNation store near you. Design specialists will take you through the entire customization process step-by-step, step, helping you create the vehicle of your dreams. From new wheels to a customized entertainment system, we've got you covered. Qualified buyers right now can take advantage of 0% financing for 60 months. Schedule your session today. Visit AutoNation.com to find your nearest location. AutoNation, a proud sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. I got a couple of things here, and I want to go to the Cinco guys on this first. Okay, so one of the things about the heat, we've talked about the heat a little bit. Uh, my feeling on this is the under 40 um, Latin crowd in Miami are primarily Heat fans, that they've moved away from the Dolphins. And I'm just saying that based on my Twitter feed, based on people I interact with, that it just seems like there's an association with that team that there's not with the Dolphins uh, or the other teams in town. Um, is that, before we move on, is that a fair assessment that, that, that and again, I don't want to be monolithic here. I'm not saying it's every Latin community, but let's, let's be as general as we can be. Um, is it, would that be fair that there's more of an association with the Heat than the Dolphins? I, there's a reason I'm asking. I want to get to in a second. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like you're you're very accurate on that, and I just want to make a point real quick because when the Marlins did that weekend where they brought the teal back, you saw a lot of that 40 and under demographic at the ballpark that probably uh, had remembrance of those good times that, uh, when the Marlins were the Florida Marlins. So maybe they, they will come to the ballpark at some point as well. But I, I think you're very accurate in what you just mentioned. Would, would, you, would you guys agree, Alejandro, Ricardo? That well, that's... I say I have a, a lot of friends that play baseball, that like baseball, that play softball if they're older, and they should be interested in the Marlins. And they follow the team. They watch uh, whatever they do. They see the standings and all that. But they're not really related to the team. They don't really feel that passion for the team. They don't really uh, feel like uh, there's yeah. a nice atmosphere for them to have fun. Like beers are not cheap. Like you're not even – you can't even go and just have beer there and enjoy the game. No, I'm serious because back home, back home, half of the people that go to the stadium have no idea about yeah. baseball. They're just having fun. They're just with their friends hanging out for three, four hours. 
And then, oh, our team won or oh, our team lost. But they, they, ha they have fun there because it's a fun experience. That's why I was so focused on the experience because my friends here or uh, the people I know around here. That it's a fun experience and beer is cheap. Yeah, yeah, but but you yeah. know that that that's a main problem, not the beer one. But we are okay. We we, we love baseball as the a community. A we one. love baseball, but we have a passion, a passion, and that passion is with our teams back home. You know, that's a really difficult thing because this is like the secondary team that we have here. So I think that's a main problem for the Latin community. Here's my the reason I'm making this point. To me. The reason that the Latin community down here has been attracted to the heat is for the same reason that other communities have been attracted to the heat. It's organic. It's because they've won, right? Like, I, I mean, for all the other things that we're talking about here, the atmosphere, and I agree with you. I understand about the atmosphere, but True. it's because they've won. The heat have won and the Dolphins have not won. So the younger people fan People like winning teams. People like winning teams. And so, so to circle back on this, I think the reason that this feels a little forced, and, and I want to, you know, Alf or Andre to jump in on this, the reason that it feels a little forced to me is it feels like it's like trying to take a shortcut. It's like, okay, the organization hasn't won in a long time. They've made the playoffs twice. Obviously, last time was 15 years ago. Everybody's tired of, of the, the organization because of the Lurie years. Jeter's trying to change that, but he's not going to change it by actually increasing the payroll. So it's like, and, and winning anytime soon. So it's like, okay, what's sort of the fastest shortcut? All right, we're going to go to the Latin community. Then we're going to go even more sort of minute, and we're going to go to the Cuban community. And again, that community didn't really turn out when it had arguably the best pitcher in baseball who happened to be a great Cuban success story. And so it, it feels a little, I guess that's the reason to me it feels forced. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not offended by it. Again, I, I live in a bilingual household, okay? I'm not offended by it. But I just feel like it feels, it feels forced. It's, it's pandering. It's pandering, and everybody sees it for what it is, right? It, it, it's, it's like if, if uh, uh, the Heat came out with an entirely Creole-speaking campaign. It'd be like, okay, they're just pandering the Haitians. So, and I understand you do target certain demographics in marketing, but when you don't, and when what you're saying is, okay, we, we don't give you much else to root for, but just come root for us because you're Latin and we. We, instead of saying colors, we said colores. Like, <laughs> there's no, we're not giving you a real reason to come out to the park. We're giving you these, we're trying to make it seem like we're identifying with this community. We're all about Miami. Look how Latin we are. Are we good? No. Are our beers cheap? No. Is it a great experience? No. But listen, look, we're, we're so Miami. Look how Latin we are. So it's, and it's just pandering, and people are smarter than that. This isn't, we yeah. haven't seen we haven't seen Marlins Park under the new renovations. We haven't seen what the Marlins Park the new Marlins Park has to offer. So I don't think we can make that assumption yet. Uh, all we can see is the new logo and the new uniforms, but we don't we don't know yet how is it going to be in the new Marlins Park moving forward. And as Andre mentioned, eventually we're not even going to recognize Marlins Park. So, but but see, and that's, this, is a, this is one of the things I don't understand. Anybody I brought from out of town to Marlins Park loves it, says it's beautiful. I love going to Marlins Park. Marlins Park is a great time to me. It's like it's one of the most fun atmospheres. I, I have more fun. Yeah, I'm sure you with, like the structure in center field a lot, right? <laughs> I never minded it. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was funny. It was whatever. It was, it was something different. But, like, that doesn't affect my, my fan experience. Like, I love going to the Clevelander. I love the Budweiser bar. I love the food. I love the fact that you can go to concessions and still watch a game. I love how open it is. I love that it has a roof. 
Like, listen, the park isn't the problem. I don't think the atmosphere – listen, if they were winning, nobody would care if the beers cost $20. The Absolutely. beers aren't cheap at American Airlines Arena. In right. fact, I, I, like the, I like the atmosphere at Marlins Park more than I do American Airlines I, Arena. I but you know what I like? Yeah. You know what I like better? I like the team – at American Airlines Arena more. Well, not and that, not, that's not, most important not, thing. Well, not not this year, Alf. But yeah, I I, I will oh, say yeah, not this year. I, I will say the food experience at Marlins Park is <laughs> infinitely better than the food experience way at, better at, at, at American but, but Airlines. But it's still, Arena. It's still but, bad. It doesn't reflect how good food in Miami is, and I think they could be better. You'll see how how expensive the beer is going to get in American Airlines Arena with this team soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's going to feel very expensive. Uh, Andre, what did you want to jump in on? The, the food experience is something that they're working on. I think it is going to get better. But look, I I, I totally I'm gonna, I'm going to piggyback on I don't know Alfonso was saying, and this is not about. It's not going to matter what beer it is. It's not going to matter how much the beer costs. The bottom line is, why do people gravitate to the Heat? The Big Three was here. The Big Three was winning championships. You know, when the Dolphins were at, at their peak, you, you know, over 15, 20 years ago, whatever it's been, that's what it was. And then in the end, that's what's going to bring – that's what's going to pack the house. I mean, as optimistic as the Marlins want to be, and that's fine. Look, I haven't said – look, they, they, they're trying to do what they want. You know, this, is a, this isn't an easy issue. You know, it's, I, I understand the way it looks, and it's a valid concern for people. But at the same time, look, in the end, people are going to come if the team wins. Unfortunately, 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 that's the way it is down here, and that's the only thing that's going to change it. That's the only way it's going to get packed, whether you like the experience or not. All right, so I've got the tough, I've got the toughest question for everybody here to close because we mentioned the heat earlier. I, I need to ask the Spanish-speaking guys on here this. Uh, we talk about not pandering to the Spanish audience. Why is it El Heat? Why is it not El Caliente? Could somebody please explain that to me? No, because it's awful. El caliente is awful. Yeah, the NBA is the only one that never gets it right grammatically on any of that. Right. It's crazy, isn't it? All right. Yeah. So, wait, wait, Rick, wait. So, Ricardo, what's the issue with that? Explain that to me. Uh, it, it, it's awful. Sound awful. El caliente is like, no, it sounds like food. I don't know. <laughs> we, 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 we say El Miami Heat. That, that, that's the way we say it. All right. All right. El, El Miami nosotros somos Cinco Razones Podcast, el primer podcast en español del Network de Five Reasons. Lo que más me gusta y es una de mis cinco razones es that I can speak in English. Everything Miami regarding the sports. Junto a Alejandro Villegas y a Alejandro Soto, yo soy Ricardo Montes de Oca. Bye, have a great time. Cinco Razones, el nuevo podcast aquí con Leandro y Ricardo debatiendo como siempre, llevándonos la contraria. Les va a gustar. Pregúntale a Siri. Siri, would you make... Jose Ureña a closer. Here's what I found. Ah, mira, me, me da, te dio las muy, estadísticas. Muy... Sí, me da unos lugares que no puedo, no puedo mencionar. <laughs> Enjoy the ride. What up, y'all? It's Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. And King Kong Bundy, Paris Thompson. And we're here every week on Light Skin Opinions on the Five Reasons Sports Network, where we bring you everything from the serious. He tapped into something, and he actually had policies and platforms that they could get behind and most of it was rooted in xenophobia and racism but at the end of the day it's still connected with somebody Ron DeSantis has second generation Trump ideas mm -hmm. he doesn't even have his own so the only people that are backing DeSantis are crazy Trump loyalists to the completely ridiculous rusty ass Tito <laughs> <laughs> that Tito's ain't rusty man you made me you think you <laughs> my 
Yeah, that Tito's tastes like tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> that Tito's tastes like like a Polish woman cried in that. Like an old Polish woman. <laughs> an oldest Polish woman who was around in World War II. She said, they like, here goes a bottle of cry, Helga. <laughs> like, who dropped a penny in my drink? <laughs> <laughs> they got a penny in every bottle of Tito's, man. So check out Light Skin Opinions every week right here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Subscribe, rate, review. All right, final one here, actually. I did want to get to this. Uh, we don't have Whittingham on this pod, but so I'll do this in his honor. What should the MLS team do? That's a different audience. I know Cubans have gotten into soccer, but that's yeah, that's more South American soccer. Right, but 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 it has been a South American yeah. thing though. So yeah. so or should they again in that case you have an owner who's not I mean Jorge Mas is obviously, but in Beckham's case, um, who is not, you know, Latin and yeah uh, we we've had this debate with Whittingham on whether or not maybe the first big player they bring in should be of Latin heritage of some sort, or if it should be no. a great English player. What, what's your view on that? How should they approach this? They, they have to bring something. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, something big. They have to do that because the Latin community love soccer, but they love La Liga. They love Real Madrid. They love Barcelona. They love Manchester United. They don't love minor league soccer. So they have to bring that guy at least to start the, the franchise. And that's in Miami or any team in, in MLS soccer if they want to get to the next level. Because as Ricardo said, there's a lot of Latin people that love soccer, but they like La Liga and they like uh, Premier League even. But they don't like MLS because they feel like it's a lower uh, quality of soccer. But in, in reality, it's getting a lot better. I think Miami Inter, what they should do, and I'm going to take on uh, Off's point here, they have to go completely broad. They have to go... Everybody, because it's a new franchise who has nothing going. The Marlins at least had something going already, and you have something to, bad. Something right. bad, yeah. <laughs> but they were reconciliating with with uh, they probably gonna the Latin community with communities one by one. Now Miami Inter, I feel they have to go uh, all in uh, from the beginning. But but wouldn't you no, make no, wouldn't you make the argument that it's better to have nothing than to have what the Marlins have had? Like I feel like Beckham's got yes. a cleaner slate than Jeter, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah, I mean, at yeah, least yeah, at least right. he's start starting fresh. And and you know if you go up to I mean again I'm gonna go up to West Broward. I mean every kid in West Broward plays soccer. Every kid and and most yeah, of them, most Ethan, of them are not Latin actually. Most of them are. Yeah. are but Ethan, and, and, and Ethan and and that's why with it, the the point that the, for Inter Miami. They do. They need to not make the mistake of appealing to South American and Latin American soccer fans because they know good soccer and MLS ain't that. <laughs> you right. you have to you have to go to people who don't know great soccer and just get them out to the stadium and have a good time. Yes. Because yes. if you watch Brazil play all day long in Colombia to watch, yes. I mean to watch the Seattle Sounders, it's a different game. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to have a lot of success getting people that are used to La Liga to come in, watch uh, MLS, and be enamored with it. Yeah, and, and the Latin That's the people reason you have 70,000 at, at Hard Rock when it's Man U playing Arsenal or, or when, you know, Colombia's playing Venezuela, not, you know, random team. And that's that's what I worry about for this team in the long run is right now in the beginning, they're probably, they'll, they'll do all of this, but when the novelty wears off, you know, how much staying power is they going to have unless they appeal and they get a winning product out there? It's the same it's a similar problem. And, and Ethan, I know you said people play soccer, but a lot of people play baseball down here. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't like the Marlins. 
They like right. they like baseball. Hmm. No, that no that no that no no that's true. I mean, every every bar in West Broward was full for the World Cup, but that's the World Cup. I mean, that's a that's a different experience. All right, real quick, I think we lost Alejandro here, so I'll just go to the other four of you guys. If I was to say in four, uh, say five years from now, who's having more success in this market with the fans? Is it Beckham's team or Jeter's team? Rapid fire, DeAndre, go. Jeter's team. Andre. Jeter. Uh, Ricardo. Jeter. Alf. Jeter, because Beckham won't have a team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's going to lose it in five years? That's worse than the Marlins. So he's selling the thing already. <laughs> Miami's not going to support an MLS team, man. I'm oh. telling you. Uh, I don't it's going to be bad. They kind of supported the fusion in Fort Lauderdale. I went to some of those matches. Yeah. Like, listen, if they put the they, stadium in Fort Lauderdale or North Broward or South Palm Beach County, they'd get fans there. You can't put that in Miami. The people in Miami know soccer too well to watch that crap. I'm yes. telling you, they're not <laughs> going to get excited for the Portland Timber or the Seattle Sounders. Well, why, I'm telling you, it's going to be a mess. Why would they not put it in? I, I, I wondered this. Why would they not put it in Doral? Because cause to me, I, Doral's building out now a little bit. I mean, they've got a couple of downtown areas that are nice. And obviously, it's, as you said, Alf, maybe you don't want it in a South American community. That's a heavily South American community. It's more easily accessible than, than, than downtown Miami is. They won't put it in Doral because traffic will collapse. Doral yeah. has probably like two or three entrances, and those same entrances are used to get out uh, of the city. So uh, if you put it in Doral... Traffic will collapse. That, I think there was like to. like some limits too. I think they, they they have to be in 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 the city of Miami. Oh, that's right. MLS that, is requiring that. That's where Jorge Mas uh, even I think said that that it's a, it's just a better access to the stadium and the spot where they ended up that they ended up picking than there because we we've all we've all been through the route traffic jams. Not pretty. Yeah, and, and and listen, I think the Miami Inter is gonna do a good job to use that train station. That's You're very optimistic, Where Andrew. they want to uh, <laughs> everything, and that could bring a lot of people from Broward. Hey, the what they need to do, yeah, sure. What they need to do is Miami should just create a La Liga team. We're close enough anyway, yeah, that, and that'll right. get people out. That, that's right. I, actually, I, I will say this to Leandro: the most optimistic view you've yeah. had the whole time—it's not Jeter—is that my, people in Miami are going to use public transportation because that's oh, just no, from the, Broward. The I mean, the that's just in Broward. Uh, they can use Brightline. They'll be here in 20 minutes. Uh, well, did they yeah, already change? They already changed the name oh of, of Brightline after they ran over 12 people. Yeah, people, yeah. people, <laughs> people in South Florida just never going to. I mean, they're just never going to use public transportation. Uh, all that regular. All right, guys, we appreciate it. Um, check out all of their work again. You can find, I think, Alejandro. He either, either got sick of everybody or just dropped yes. off. Uh, so Alejandro, Ricardo, and Leandro, you can find them on Cinco Razones podcast. Uh, so subscribe to that one, Alphonse. Uh, we're not. We're going back to Alphonse. Alfonso. Uh, Alfonso. Uh, you can find him on Light Skinned Opinions and also on Miami Heat Beat, ranting about the heat. I think he's come around to my way of thinking on them this year. And find Andre Fernandez at The Athletic. So subscribe to The Athletic. You can follow that account at The Athletic MIA. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you for listening to the Fire Ring Podcast. Thank you so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.